What's going on, guys? Welcome to Let It Grow Investing. I am Jeff, and thank you very much for stopping by. Oh, boy, we've had a uh, quite the week going on out there. And, uh, you know, we thought April was bad, but then uh, then May starts. And uh, we've often heard that, you know, uh, you know, sell in May and go away or however they say it. And, uh, you know, right now it, it kind of feels like that. Uh, so there's a lot to cover. I know, I know last time we talked about the Fed and what they were doing and then, you know, kind of market took off on some of that news. And then we decided we didn't like that news the next day. So it uh, it all fell apart. But uh, that being said, if you need to uh, get some help getting started, I do have some links in the description for E-Trade, for Weeble, Crypto.com. And uh, we're missing one. Weeble? Did I say Weeble? Anyhow, they're in the description. Go ahead, check those out if you need to get started. I uh, would definitely uh, recommend you know using E-Trade and using uh, Webull if you're looking to do fractional shares, crypto.com if you're into the, the coins and altcoins, and uh, staking them to get some benefits. They've been, uh, been working for me. And um, yeah, crypto has actually been holding up pretty decent as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it's down, but uh, what's not? Um, so yeah, today we're, we're going to try to do a little bit of, uh, you know, positivity on here while everything seems awful. Um, so that's what we're going to be looking at. We've got, uh, you know, the market sold off about 5% down on the NASDAQ on Thursday. It was a awful, awful day as far as, uh, you know, if you're long in some of these names, it was not pretty. Um, you know, I'm down currently, uh, about the 30% off of where I was, you know, a couple months back, probably end of the year 21. Now I'm down 30% off of those highs. Uh, so yeah, that doesn't sound too positive, but we're going to, we're going to try to look at it through that positive light. Um, you know, we've always talked about having that cash on the side in order to buy up these dips. Um, now for me, I started buying probably a little too early and, um, you know, you kind of get to that point where you're running out of cash. Uh, I had said that, hey, if that VIX gets above that 30, 35 level, it's time to buy. And, you know, when it gets down to that 20 level, it's uh, it's probably uh, time to do some selling of things that have uh, run back up. So if you're in that trader mindset, you can certainly do that. Uh, I've done more of just riding this wave down and uh, I've been waiting for some checks to come in. Uh, from some snow work, believe it or not. So some of those actually just hit yesterday. And uh, so that that softened the blow a little bit, knowing that I got some money to uh, go ahead and invest in this market. We've still been looking at uh, where the safety plays are. What are we looking at? What What's going to work? And uh, ultimately, you know, maybe what to avoid. You know, we've seen a lot of that in the past uh, few months. We saw, you know, energy was the biggest winner last year. Energy has been the biggest gainer the first quarter. And, uh, you know, history tends to repeat itself, especially when there's uh, problems over in, uh, you know, in Russia and Ukraine with a lot of the problems going on over there with oil and who's accepting their oil, who's not. It's uh, it's kind of mind numbing to keep up with what's going on. And, uh, you know, certainly uh, even for me, it's it's definitely difficult at best to um, figure out who's doing what and ultimately where can we be safe. But uh, those energy trades have been really rocking and rolling. Uh, so, you know, I do have some of those in my uh, in my brokerage account. And uh, just just out of curiosity, we'll, we'll see how they're doing right here. But um, so those are going to be some of that we're, we're looking at today. 
And for me, you know, I'm, I've got some uh, downstream, some upstream plays, downstream being the ones that are looking for, um, you know, oil really going out, drilling, finding new oil. You've got midstream that is going to transport your oil through pipelines or tankers, whatever means of uh, transport they use. And then you've got your upstream that is uh, ultimately going to be selling it to consumers. Uh, then you've got your kind of your nationals that are, you know, Chevron, Exxon, your big companies that do a little bit of it all. And uh, yeah, so there's there's definitely lots of lots of room on a lot of these to run, I think. Uh, there's definitely some solar and wind plays that have really been uh, beat down as uh, oil's kind of taken off. Some of these have got left in the dust. So there's definitely some opportunities there. Um, I mean, for me, let's take a look. I've got uh, Chevron. I've got Enbridge. Uh, Enbridge is a pretty decent dividend player, uh, payer. They are about 6% right now. And I've got, uh, what else do I have here? And I think I have a little bit of Exxon sitting somewhere. But um, yeah, so there's uh, Marathon. I've got Marathon also. So I, I tend to hold a couple of them. As I said, they've all got their different place in the market. So uh, but you can certainly pick one and go for that. But uh, yeah, last time we had talked about um, the the Fed going ahead and raising those rates. And then I had said that uh, Powell had uh, talked about not uh, having that 75 basis point hike on the table. And the market seemed to really like that. So, you know, then on, the, you know, a day later on Thursday, we saw that the market uh, did not really care for that. They uh, they came out with some labor numbers that were higher than anticipated, meaning new wages, new hires. Um, it was going to cost businesses more to get more people in the door as, you know, there's still a lot of vacancies out there. Unemployment's pretty low. So they're, they're having to throw more and more money at people to get them to come work for uh, these different companies that have these openings. Uh, so that number was going to be somewhere they anticipated in the 9% range. It came in at 11.6% higher uh, from the, the previous read. So those numbers were higher. And, uh, you know, then it seemed like people didn't really like the fact that, um, you know, the, the, the Fed was really not looking to do that 75 basis point hike. They said it was off the table. So where do we go? You know, if the Fed's not going to, you know, really rip the Band-Aid off and get the job done, uh, how long are we going to be in this cycle of just, you know, these continuous 50 basis point hikes every meeting? And, uh, you know, if they did a 75 or a one point, a full point, would it get the job done? You know, like, you know, some people say they were a little late to react. I, I'll have to agree with that. But, uh, yeah, you, you really just need to get it done. Get it over with. What are, what are we waiting on here is pretty much, I think, what a lot of people are thinking. So, uh, so the market gave it all back. You know, we were down, we were up. 3% and some change on the NASDAQ on Wednesday after that announcement. And then we were down over 5%. It was just a bloodbath of a day. But uh, as I said on the last episode, you know, there are a lot of decent stocks out there that are offering, um, you know, good dividends, low PEs. A lot of these, uh, these uh, numbers have come down and the multiples have been corrected so hard that uh, I think we got to start doing some discount buying. And, uh, you know, it could get worse. It could certainly get worse. But if we were ready to buy them six months ago or a year ago at, you know, double the value and, you know, the PEs were twice as high, uh, a lot of these companies have had very good earnings. You know, the, the market has been rough, um, but, you know, the, the falling market kind of sinks all ships. 
But then when we get the whole market to rise, we're going to see some of these that have really had decent earnings, I think, take off. And that's kind of the place where we really want to be. Uh, and as I said, you know, energy has really been the one that's been outshining. Um, but, you know, that being said, there's a lot of industrials and financials and other plays that have really held up decently as well. And, uh, you know, even even some of the tech stocks, you know, Qualcomm had a great quarter. Visa had a great quarter. Tesla had a great quarter. And, you know, they've gotten beat down. So uh, these are these are just names that I, I just see being good plays long term. And then we've got other plays that uh, are completely tech related that have gotten obliterated. And, uh, you know, where are they going to be in five years? Some of them, I think they're going to be, you know, obviously uh, a lot stronger place. If they can survive through this and still make a profit and have decent quarters, you know, wait for the wait for the market to to rise. And then some of these high flyers are going to be back up there. That's uh, that's my two cents on it. So, you know, if I'm looking to buy right now, I still want to have that barbell approach. I know a lot of people are looking for value. They're looking for safety. Uh, I still think that we can get a little bit of value in tech right now. There are certainly some names out there. Uh, Lamb Research, I just saw that they have got uh, some insider buying going on. And uh, that one has traded down from $730 in January. And they're at $479 today. So, they're seeing the same thing. PE's at 15. Um, and someone, their director just bought uh, about $800,000 worth of their stock, 1,700 shares. And, you know, I have heard of some others. I don't know that they're actually on the E-Trade site now, but I did see a report that more people were buying. So I'll have to check back on that one. But this one is one that uh, is in that uh, semiconductor place. And uh, one that I still think is going to do well for us. So, you know, some of these tech stocks that are down in the, the mid-teens, that's where we really want to see them. And uh, I'm not afraid to start buying. Like I said, you know, I had some money coming in. And uh, ultimately, I do think that we will be doing better here in, uh, in a year or two. Even at the end of the, the year, I think the market's going to turn around. And uh, I want to be ready for that. So for now, if you are looking to, or if I'm looking to buy, let's put it that way, uh, as you guys know, I'm not a professional by any stretch, so I can't really go out and give you, um, tell you what to do. I can tell you what I'm doing. So if, if I'm looking to buy right now, I want to be a little bit more outsized on my dividend plays while they are weak, while I'm getting more yield to start. That's ultimately where the bulk of my money is probably going to go in, in names, uh, that we've talked about before, you know, the, the financials, uh, Bank of America, JP Morgan, Citibank, uh, some of those energy plays that I mentioned. I still want to get some more Google, probably some more H, uh, HD Home Depot or Lowe's. As those have been beat down, I still think that uh, those companies are going to do well. You know, Amazon tried to go up against Home Depot and Lowe's and they kind of failed. And ultimately, I do think that they have kind of that moat around them that has really got uh, some safety for uh, for Home Depot and Lowe's that uh, I don't know that anyone else can really crack right now. Uh, even some of the uh, the defense stocks are still doing well, you know, looking at Lockheed, Raytheon, um, you know, also names like Pepsi and Coke. They've had some pretty decent quarters. Pepsi actually just raised their dividend uh, another 7%. Uh, even Starbucks, you know, they had a pretty decent quarter as well. 
And uh, they're kind of getting beat down right now with some of the stuff around unionizing and uh, problems in China, this, that, the other. So, you know, there's a lot of different things out there right now that make sense to me. And uh, a lot of them are paying a decent dividend. You know, if it's more than 2%, that's normally around the S&P average. And uh, some of these are paying 3 4 5 6%, especially when you look in some of those energy plays. Um, so for that reason, I'm probably going to do a little bit of a mix, try to get an outsized dividend return versus the S&P in some names that I really like the PE, the peg ratios, and uh, ultimately ones that I think are going to be doing better off in five to 10 years. Now, when it comes to buying some of these other tech names at a discount, I'm still looking at those as well. I'm still looking at companies like PayPal that is, you know, down about 58% from where we originally had started talking about it. I'm still looking at Facebook that's down, you know, very significantly over where we started talking about it. Um, so I still want to get a mixture of those. I still want to get even some smaller names. Uh, think uh, Airbnb or Coinbase that have been kind of pummeled and beaten down that are really out of favor right now. I really want to take a look at some of those, but maybe in a smaller amount versus the amount that I want to put into my dividend names. Uh, so for that reason, I'm, I'm still looking, I'm still shopping. I haven't done a ton of buying right now, but uh, like I said, I just had that, that one check I've been waiting on since about January, finally hit the door. And, uh, you know, that's going to, you know, give me some funds to go ahead and do some, some larger buys here. Uh, as also I said, I, I haven't done really any selling and, uh, that, that account that I had that, uh, you know, five, 10% of cash built up. Uh, I did do some buying, you know, about a month ago and that kind of dwindled down and, uh, you know, now we're, we're pretty much ready to go for that next tranche of buys. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of options out there and, you know, we really got to take a look as to what those high conviction plays are for us and uh, really come up with that balanced approach. If you're gonna do the same, you might wanna write down 10 stocks, look at them and figure out where you want to buy these. You know, Ultimately, what's the best price that you can get on them? Um, and then you know, maybe have enough to, to average down if they do go down or uh, keep a, a watch list of another couple stocks that if those go down, you're ready to buy into some other names uh, as well. So. Definitely look at what's out there. Look at the uh, the price action. Uh, I'm not so much a price action watcher, but uh, you need to know where they're going and um, you know, kind of make a note as to where you saw it, where you want to buy it. And uh, I, I do think that the the market's going to start turning around. We do have a, a couple more points that I think we can come down, but uh, some of these are just getting a little too cheap to to ignore. And uh, ultimately, uh, I think we got to start seeing some buyers come in because we've had nothing but sellers coming in in the market. And uh, at, at some point, the uh, the hedge funds got to start putting some money to work to uh, to get some kind of returns going for the year. I know they a lot of them sold with this was going down. And ultimately, a lot of those algorithms have got to get to the point where they just start buying again as, you know, if, you know, they were trying to buy Microsoft and it came down 10 points or 10 percent. Uh, maybe, you know, those algorithms are going to start doing that buying also. So once we see some of those buys start coming back in, uh, I, I do think that the market could have a, a pretty positive turnaround. And uh, again, once some of these different, uh, you know, political risks out there are kind of uh, laid to rest and we can get a, a real positive footing as to what's going on, 
I do see that, uh, you know, there could be a light at the end of the tunnel. So, um, but if not, you know, we've got uh, that dividend income coming in also. So, you know, and look at that as, you know, every, you know, month or three months, however they pay you, you know, you're going to be buying more shares on the cheap. So if you leave that uh, dividend reinvestment on the drip plan on, uh, those, those will keep buying more of that same stock. And uh, if you don't, if you uh, turn your, your drip off and you're not having that cash or the dividend payments go right back to buying of that same company, um, you can have that go to your uh, cash account and then you can put that into different plays if you want to do that also. So whether you're looking to, to start another dividend play or even if you're looking to buy some tech stocks off of dividends that you're, uh, that you're accruing in your cash account, you can do that as well. So that's definitely an option. But uh, it's definitely nice to have that income coming in, uh, investing for you. And ultimately, right now, it's at a lower price than what, uh, what it was in the past, uh, for most names anyhow. So uh, with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break. And uh, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about uh, some different things going on in the uh, investment challenge. Also, we're going to get back into some energy names that I think could do pretty well for us as well. So stick around. All right, we are back here. So if uh, some of the homework that I'm doing for you guys is bringing you any value, I would definitely appreciate you sharing this podcast with others. Uh, if you could like, subscribe, throw in a comment, uh, send it to someone you know, I would greatly appreciate that uh, as we're trying to build a community of uh, like-minded investors where we can share some uh, different information that we find over there on the Let It Grow Investing on Facebook uh, our group page. It is a private page, so you don't get uh, the scammers and spammers. We try to keep all that out. Uh, so if uh, you want to go ahead and invite someone over there, have them uh, take part in our weekly investing challenge where I am putting in $200 a week. Uh, we are buying every Monday. Um, go ahead and send them on over to the page and uh, invite others as well. So uh, that being said, you know, some people were asking me, you know, why, why dividends, uh, you know, really more so a couple of years ago, what's the point? Why, why not, uh, go with more growth? And I think that a lot of people are kind of coming around to the idea of a dividend portfolio as, uh, some of those companies have held up quite a bit better. Um, you know, the, the volatility of the growth stock certainly is great when it's in your favor, but, uh, when it's going the opposite way, it can definitely beat you down. And then you wish you had some dividend income in, in dividend income coming in in order to be buying some more stocks. Um, so, right, I, I do want to point out uh, that I have been doing this for a while. It is certainly something that uh, does not happen overnight. But uh, I do want to share some of my different numbers that I have uh, to kind of get you to see where a dividend portfolio can go. Uh, and now that being said, I had sold off a, a good amount of dividend paying stocks or traded them down over the past couple of years to rotate into some some growth stocks. Um, I, you know, I still have a, a fair amount of, of dividend paying stocks as well, but it's not as much as what it was. So, uh, you know, as I just said, we do the $200 investing weekly into uh, the investing challenge. I'm doing that for the year. So, you know, 52 weeks a year, 200 um, a week, and I'm putting in about $10,400 that way. Now, you know, is this the way that I would normally be doing a uh, dollar cost averaging or, or 
building a position, doing 52 different names or, uh, you know, very, you know, wide amount of stocks. No, I normally wouldn't do that. I wouldn't suggest that to most people. Uh, I think it's a lot to keep track of. And sometimes I even forget what we have in the, uh, the Weeble portfolio over there. Uh, so would I necessarily suggest to do that or follow along? You could certainly follow along if you want. You could do it on a smaller scale or, you know, pick the names that you really like out of that week and uh, go ahead and buy those. Or you could just build up $200 a week and buy the index. You know, you could certainly buy VOO or SPHD or, you know, VIG or any any different ETF that you like and really build a position. You know, that's a, definitely a way to do it as well. Uh, so, you know, that would be $10,000 a year that you are, you know, putting into your investments. And, you know, for me, this is uh, my dividend portfolio brings in about $8,000 a year. Uh, so now I've got $18,000 a year. Uh, you know, currently at 35, I really have got, you know, technically 30 years till retirement. So if I'm looking at 18,000 a year, let's sit here and do some math times 30, I will have put $540,000 in without any changes. Okay. And that's not including dividend raises. That's not including, um, you know, the, the growth of these stocks that I have bought over the years with that 10,000 or, I mean, right now it's shrinking. So that's really not, uh, kind of cool, but you know, we're going to plan on a 10% return. That's uh, what we hope for in the, in the index. So, you know, if we're getting 7% a year on uh, dividend raises, similar to what Pepsi did, you know, Home Depot's often larger, Lamb Research is larger. They're sometimes in the high teens, low 20%. But uh, if we can plan on um, each year, about seven to 10% on dividend raises, and then we have uh, the appreciation of the stock value as well. Uh, this this number is going to be much, much higher. Uh, so now when I'm looking at that, I'm also adding more money, as I said, when I have other funds available from, you know, larger jobs or, you know, just kind of saving. So I'm putting that money in as well. So, you know, it's definitely going to get to a point where at, you know, when you have a seven figure uh, dividend portfolio, at 3%, say you were going to buy today and you're looking to do, you know, 3% average, you're going to be getting $30,000 per year just for owning those stocks on, uh, on that starting yield. And as I said, right now I'm buying at the starting yield, but in 30 years, these yields that we're buying when you buy the, the aristocrats or the champions or the, all the, those different, uh, dividend portfolios, those are going to be the companies that up their dividends, uh, you know, pretty historically, you know, the, the, uh, champions are 50 years. The aristocrats, I believe are 25 years. Then you got challengers contenders that have been raising their dividend payout, um, for less amount of time, but they're definitely companies that are committed to doing that for their shareholders. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of history behind that. And, you know, by the time you get to the point where you need to live off of that money, it should be quite a bit higher than that 3%. So what you're starting at today is kind of a, a building block for tomorrow. And um, so that that's kind of what I'm looking to do. Once once I get there, um, you know, I've got a long time going. That's why I keep saying it's a, it's a long road. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And truth be told, that's uh, that's what we're really looking to do here is, you know, keep 
putting money away, knowing that it's going to be doing something for us when we need it. And uh, hopefully that time comes sooner than 65 for me. As I've said before, uh, I really want to be very selective in the jobs that I take on in 10 to 15 years, uh, knowing that I do have some other income coming in and I might not necessarily have to fund my uh, my portfolios as much when I get you know to that point where I'm 50 or 60. I want to kind of switch over to more safe stocks. I don't want to have as much growth. I don't want to have the risk. Will I have some of it? Sure. Will I probably still have an account that I trade out of? Yes, I'm sure I will because I, I like doing that. But um, at the same time, I want to know that, hey, the, the main portfolio is bringing in X amount of money and it's enough to live off of. Uh, so that's really my uh, my intent. You know, right now it's it sucks. It's been brutal. It's uh, it's watching money just evaporate every day. But uh, as I said, when you're building these dividend portfolios, you really got to think long road, even if it's uh, only a couple of years until your retirement. It's uh, it's certainly something that you can build going forward and knowing that you're you're building something rather than just spending your money on whatever, um, you know, it is. It is tough at times, but it is rewarding when you look long term. Uh, so that being said, uh, keep looking for things that are going to serve you well going forward. And, uh, you know, try to buy those best of breed stocks. Try to buy the ones that are uh, going to raise those dividend payments for you. And I promise it will pay off. It's it's not an overnight thing. It will take a while, but uh, you've definitely got it. So, so keep working for it. But uh, that being said, let's get back over to... The, uh, the investing challenge. And actually, as I say that, I navigated off the Facebook page. So I have to pull that back up. And um, all right, well, as of right now, we are going to be buying AMD uh, advanced micro devices on Monday. And I guess it could have gone over all five before I just gave away the, the answer. But uh, we had AMD, CrowdStrike, Coinbase, Marvell Technologies, and Palo Alto Networks. And uh, as I said, AMD is the winner. We will be buying that one on Monday. And uh, I do want to see some more votes in this uh, these polls. I know sometimes if you don't interact with the page, uh, they you don't really see the posts. So if you could go ahead and click on it and uh, drop a comment on the next one, more people see it. I definitely appreciate that and get bumped up in the algorithms as well. Um, so for week 20, we've got uh, we've got five names. And um, they're all going to be energy plays this week. Uh, it seems to be the trade that's been working. And, uh, you know, we've, we've got some different ones here. So we're going to run through them real quick. We've got uh, Hannon Armstrong, which is H-A-S-I. They're based out of, out of Annapolis, so they're local to us here in Maryland. We've got N-E-E. -E. We've got Next Era Energy. We've got E-N-B, which is Enbridge, a Canadian midstream company. We've got CVX, which is Chevron, and we have EPD, which is Enterprise Partners, uh, which is a midstream oil and gas play. Uh, so Hannon Armstrong is going to be a company that does, uh, they do more solar, I believe. Let me check their, their exact page here. I know they've got uh, projects in wind, solar, nuclear. Um, oh, no, that's next era. But I know Hannon does uh, the, what do we got? Let's double check this. Um, they are a REIT, which I knew that they do uh, renewable energy, energy efficiency, other sustainable infrastructure markets. 
they do own the land. They do own uh, a lot of the things that are connected with it. And that's where they're the real estate investment trust, which means that they do pay out more in the way of dividends. Uh, so currently this one's paying out about 3.73% as a dividend. And, um, you know, they're, uh, their PE is a 28. We're not really looking at that on a REIT, but uh, just for just for giggles there, we'll do it. Um, as as you know, on REITs, we're looking at their uh, funds from operations or the free, free cash flow. But uh, it does have about a 56% of upside on this one. It has traded higher. Uh, I think as a lot of the oil names, oil energy plays have really taken off. Some of the uh, the solar and wind nuclear power has kind of faded. Some of that trade is, has been kind of a uh, little bit um, muted right now, I'll say. But uh, it is one that, uh, you know, when I got into this one, I'm out of it right now. But uh, it had been a, a higher dividend. I think it was around 5 or 6% when I was in it, but that was years ago. And so this one is, is definitely one that I think could have some room to run up. The analysts agree there's 56% of upside on this. The uh, a lot of their costs are good. They they still pay out a good dividend, and uh, it's definitely one that I think could rebound as uh, the energy demand increases, and uh, ultimately it's one that I think could serve us well. So then we get down to Next Era Energy, and this one is also going to be an electricity play, wind, solar, nuclear, and uh, you know their their PEs actually and their well their PEs very high. And it almost didn't make the cut, but uh, I know that they are more on that ESG side. They are uh, doing a lot of things to really get uh, energy going forward to be a little bit more renewable. And they do, what do they got? They run Florida Power and Light Company, Next Era Energy Resources, and Next Era Energy Transmission. So they got a bunch of different businesses. Um, they're wholly owned subsidiaries of Next Era Energy. And uh, they own, develop, construct, and manage their own electric generation facilities uh, in the U.S. and Canada. So they got a lot of different stuff going on. But uh, overall, I do think that this one has sold off uh, pretty pretty substantially. Their revenues are projected to go up about 24%, I believe, next year and 30% uh, the following year. Or actually, no, it was this year and next year. Sorry, 22 and 23 so those numbers are looking to be up. Their beta is very low at a 0.6. The S&P is a one, generally speaking. And then, you know, you're, if you're more risky, if you're above one, less risky below. Uh, this one has sold off, as I said. There are uh, a fair amount of uh, buy side uh, targets on this with, what do we got? Where are we? And currently about 28% or right now, 29% of upside. That PE is high. I did mention that it is at a 97. Uh, their um, dividend is currently about a 2.3, which it had been trading. Uh, the dividend was much lower. They did have some uh, some problems with uh, revenue being lower. And ultimately, it, their numbers still haven't come back up to where they were uh, 2018, 2019 levels. They have had some cost problems there. I do think that they are a bit undervalued right now. And uh, we're seeing that in some of those future revenue numbers coming up, uh, you know, easily in double digits for the next couple of years. And uh, hopefully some of those, uh, that revenue is going to hit that bottom line. They're going to be doing better going forward. 
And as I said, 29% of upside, according to the analysts. And then we go to Enbridge. Enbridge is going to be a midstream company out of Canada. They have been trading you know, pretty well. They've been uh, been been doing pretty good here. They are uh, the chart-wise, I'm saying. And uh, the beta on that is only a 0.4, so less risky PE of a 19.5, which is probably pretty in line for where they normally trade. But uh, they do have a good dividend. So this one is currently 6%. I think I said that in the first half of the show. But uh, it has served me well. And uh, it's one that I've been in for a good while now. So if you're looking for a midstream company that's going to do the uh, the pipelines and the transport of oil and gas, uh, this one has been uh, doing really well. And in one that uh, I do have a decent sizable position in that. Uh, so 6% starting dividend and, um, yeah, one that I, I definitely think has got some room to run higher. And then we go to Chevron, you know, CVX. And this is just kind of a well-oiled machine at this point. Uh, no pun intended, but, uh, currently PE is at 15, which is probably right around in line. I'm going to shoot to say, I, I haven't looked up that exact number. But uh, that dividend is a 3.4. I have uh, owned this one for a while as well. I have seen this yield higher. But, uh, I mean, that was also when you look back even, um, where were we in January? We were about 123. Right now they're trading at 168. And last summer they were at 100. So they've gone up about $68 in, uh, you know, yeah, less than a year. So they they definitely have done some some price appreciation in that uh, dividend price hasn't caught up yet. But uh, don't expect massive raises. They will raise, but they will not be massive raises. That's just kind of the nature of the business. But uh, it is a very well-oiled company. The, the management team has a good handle on things going over there. I picked Chevron over Exxon for some of those management concerns. Um, beta is really low at a 0.2. And uh, one that I think is going to, you know, be a bellwether of uh, the energy industry. You're not going to get much upside on this. I do think that oil and gas in general is going to trend higher. Uh, currently, you're only going to get about 1.8% of upside, according to the analysts. But like I said, it is a well-oiled machine. It's a good, good, solid company. It does give you that 3.4% starting dividend. Uh, if I were going to be buying this one, I would certainly average into this one. I wouldn't buy it all now. I would probably look to buy uh, a little bit for the next uh, four quarters and uh, try to average in and get uh, possibly a better price. I do think that these numbers are a little bit pulled up high, but um, just that's kind of the nature of when uh, problems are in the Middle East or this time they're in Russia, you're going to see those numbers spike a lot quicker. And then finally... We are going to uh, Enterprise Partners, EPD. Um, this one is also, I believe they're also a midstream. I wrote it down somewhere. Yep, midstream. And uh, they currently have a dividend of 6.99%. Uh, beta, also super low, so less risky at a 0.2. And then the PE is at a 12.6. So it is trading fairly cheap. Uh, you do get that 7% starting dividend. So if you're a, one that's looking for that dividend income, this could be a really good spot for you to be in another very well-run company. Uh, currently trading at $26.76 as I'm recording this on Friday. 
with uh, 15, 15.8% of upside. So a price target uh, from 11 analysts of $31. And, uh, you know, you, you couple that with a 7% dividend, you're looking at, uh, you know, 23-ish percent of, uh, of potential upside between the uh, the price targets and the uh, the dividend that's pretty, pretty stable. And uh, they've been paying that one for a while. Uh, so one that I would uh, certainly say if, if you're looking for more div dividend income uh, would be more looking at these midstreams in the way of um, what do we got? Uh, Enbridge and Enterprise Partners, ENB and EPD. If you're looking for more of that uh, uh, renewable energy or electric energy, you're looking at Hannon Armstrong or Next Era Energy. And then if you're looking for that overall market, uh, kind of best of breed you would be looking at chevron but when you get into those bigger companies they tend to be priced to perfection and uh yeah that's kind of where it is on chevron you know you don't get as much of the upside on those big players as uh, most of the time especially when uh energy is being paid attention to so well you're not going to see those those massive upsides because everyone's already in the big names uh so i think some of the smaller ones might have a, a little bit more room to run but uh, that's not a reason to avoid Chevron completely. But uh, it is a reason for me to average in over time. So that's what we got. We've got uh, HASI, Hannon Armstrong. We've got Nextera Energy, NEE. We've got Enbridge, ENB. We've got Chevron, CVX. And we've got Enterprise Partners, EPD. So go ahead over there to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. Uh, if you're not a member, just request to join. I will uh, make sure you get let in and uh get your votes in we are going to be running this one until uh friday and i will close that down and we'll be uh looking to add some more stocks for week 21 and uh, as i said we will be buying amd uh today so that's what i got and uh let's get out there let's stay positive with uh, this crazy market try to get some things at a discount and uh be safe out there so hope this one brought you some value take care and i will catch you guys in the next one